I mean, I haven't restyled this room since uh, we built it. We built it. It's a very 2014 vibe. You know? This is the <laughs> fourth. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of post-apocalyptic, you know, yeah. rebuilding. <laughs> I think I remember what times looked like. Something like this, right? Is this what it looked like? I think we built this out when we were all still living at our parents' house. We're like, this is what a dope place would look like. <laughs> so this is this was just a garage before. This yeah. is a, just a raw garage. There was no drywall, no insulation. Nice. The only thing it had was uh, electricity. Nice. No carpeting, everything. This wall wasn't even here. Yeah. My dad was a painting contractor. Okay. Uh, growing up, so I did a lot of stuff with him, and uh, that's how I learned it. Yeah. I owned a painting company in college. Nice. Did you? Yeah. Like like for house painting and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I fucking. I owned, a, I owned a mural. I did yeah, whales. Was, a lot of whales. Cloned a bunch of famous paints. <laughs> a lot of seascapes. <laughs> yeah. It was more of a forgery business. <laughs> Great. I did yeah, some Renoirs. Yeah. Uh, live from the studio. I'm Jimmy Seleski. Merrick Glazer. And uh, <laughs> my mic keeps breaking. Perfect. E that was perfect time, dude. And uh, <laughs> tonight on the better. podcast, we've got Jay Larson. Yeah, man. Straight, uh, straight off his Thursday show at Magoobies. Yeah, dude. How how did that go, by the way? Straight off it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off. Like, I just came off a world tour. Yeah. I fucking took an Uber here <laughs> with a guy that when I, like, it pulled up on my thing, it said, known for having great conversation, which is the last thing you want. And this guy was the coolest old dude, this older <laughs> dude. He had sports talk on. He just wanted to talk about the Orioles and the Ravens. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. well, I don't want to tell you who I'm a fan of. And he goes, I don't care. <laughs> I go, I'm a Red Sox. And he goes, yeah, good for you. It's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's baseball. Damn, dude, I didn't greatest. know you. I thought you had a rental car. I would have picked you up. Oh, okay. no, I didn't. Whatever. Damn. Um, I mean, how was, how straight was the show off tonight? that Thursday night, though, son. <laughs> was it kind of like. No, it was great. It was, really? It was pretty full. I mean, I don't know how many people were there. Mm-hmm. But, dude, like, the show started at 8. I went on at 10. Whoa. There was like what? 16 comics or something crazy. Oh, was it like a new talent night? Yeah, or they something? do like an open mic yeah. like contest. Mm-hmm. And then the headliner for the weekend does like 30 minutes. And I said to the guys, I'm like, guys, why don't we just trim it back? These people have been watching comedy for way too long. So they're like, all right, you want to do like 20? I'm like, yeah, we'll do 20. And then it was like, hey, man, it's getting really late. I'm like, I know. You want me to just do like 15? <laughs> They're like, yeah. And then right before, I'm like, I'll do 10, guys. <laughs> I end up doing 15, though, because I had so much fun. Because, yeah. you know, like, <clears throat> it well, was just super fun. Yeah, yeah. And everyone who's at that show is, like, going to be super supportive. They came out to, like, view their family members and How friends. How was and the stuff. comedy? Was it were they good? Like, was it entertaining? Or I think that, I mean, I, th- I saw some people that had some good jokes. You could see... You know, when you I've been doing it a long time, so when you see people that are like doing open mics, you're like, oh, okay, I can see. You can sometimes see like, oh, I can know where this could go, and other times you're just like, yeah, that's just not my cup of tea. Like, I don't yeah. know why you're going for that right now, but it's like you can't. Personally, I just don't think you can judge comedy that early on. People need to like grow and develop. So whatever they want to do, and how they ever they want to get to where they want to be, go ahead because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, comedy is just it's not like listening to like. I don't know. I just think people need time to grow. So, dude, just yeah, it'd be hard for like a like a musician to be like, I really want to try music, but I'm only gonna try it on stage, and then <laughs> yeah, their first true. set be. <laughs> oh no, I, I totally see totally. that. I totally see that. I've that, I've heard that uh, that 
uh, comparison for the difference between music and stand-up comedy because it's one of those things you can really, truly only practice in front of people or else you have no fucking idea. I said that at the end of my show. I said, thank you guys for coming out and supporting these guys because, you know, music, you can just go, you could sit in that studio all day and, like, you could get a beat and get someone to, like, lay drums and you could do guitar and then you could just release it on Spotify and people might catch on and be like, oh, I really like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, you can't do that with stand-up. Damn. Unless you're Bob Newhart. True. Well, he did. His first album was his first time ever doing stand-up. Really? He'd only done, like, radio. Yeah. Jesus. And Warner Bros. was like, we want you to do, like, an album. And he was just like, I've never done, like, in front of people? And <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, I've never done that. They're like, you'll be great. I just want to say real quick. Nope. I'm going nope. expo- to expose myself real quick. I hit you up yeah. to come on the show before I actually knew exactly that you were who you were. Because when I originally contacted you, what, that's I did some weird shit that you just well, said, dude. <laughs> if you had said that before I walked down that shady driveway to this garage, I'd be like, nah, man, I am not going. Nah, man. So I habitually, my weekly ritual is to see who's coming into Magoobies, yeah. hit him up. That's just what I do. You texted me today, and I was like, and I knew that you were like, you know, you had a fucking Wikipedia page and all this shit. And I went home and I told my brother, I was like, yo, we got Jay Larson on the podcast. And he's like, yo, you mean the wrong number guy? And I was like, that's the guy? That's the guy? I was literally sitting in my living room watching that video like yesterday. Yeah. And then, so I did some studying on you and I was looking through your fucking Google things. And then I realized that you. What are you, fucking 72? I was looking through your Google things. <laughs> what are you, a grandfather? Yeah, I was looking through his Google thing. Turns out, you know, he's done some stuff. <laughs> It sounds like I, I know that this is probably uncouth for me to say, but I just I, it was a really weird realization to me because then I realized that you were I had heard your voice so many times on the Crafties podcast because like I said his boss is like that's you're like Crafties was his favorite podcast. Yeah. Whenever yeah, we even yeah. go on jobs and stuff like that, we'd be driving back from DC and stuff. He'd have that on, and then I was like, oh shit, he's also the co-host on that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like, it kind of aired myself out as like. Terribly unprofessional to say this right now on the podcast. <laughs> I don't care. But at the same time. I think it's very professional that you're saying it now. You're bringing it up. <laughs> See, I don't. And owning up to it. See, I don't. <laughs> I'm, owning up. I'm owning up to it, dude. But, like, I didn't realize all that shit. And I was like, oh, my God. I should prepare for this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should bust out the kerosene heater. <laughs> I was going to do this in the frigid Man, cold. You, know what? you, know what you I don't should... have any Google things, bro. Fuck. You know what I should do? I should put one light bulb up in that lamp, man. I should, fucking, I should make sure we got one light bulb up there. Just one working one. You know, there, I think there are other ones in there, but we unscrewed them. We so actually did that purposely. They're too bright, bro. They're too bright. We yeah. actually did it on purpose, which may strike you as like, why the fuck would you purposely make your garage look more trashy? <laughs> but we went for it. <laughs> it I thought it was a very like soft lighting. I liked it. Yeah. But um, the one thing I was confused about is you. You're originally from like Boston, right? The suburbs of Boston, yeah. kind of. And then you went to L.A. I saw that you you got like an English degree from. I don't remember the name of the school. St. Anselm College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went out to L.A. for writing and acting? Yeah. So did you have any aspirations for comedy at that time, or did you just... You know, like, I, I don't remember it, but, like, uh, I remember one day I, like, went through my computer, and I found, like, a, a file called, like, Comedy Routine, and it was, like, about going bowling and buying tissues and, or, like, buying toilet paper. <laughs> like, I was like, what is this bullshit? So apparently I did want to do it or, like, had an idea of it, because I was always funny growing up, but I kind of, one of my things when I moved to L.A. was I wanted to be taken more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because everyone always thought I was a clown growing up, mm-hmm. and I was, and I still am. And uh, so I just that wasn't like my focus. And then it just kind of like I I knew I wanted to write. You know, you're f- I mean, it's fine by me if it's fine uh, okay. by, you know. Okay. I was, oh, I was gonna. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Is that cool? Yeah, I don't care. Okay, cool. Um, you know what I used to love, dude? When I was a kid, there was a, we had this old guy next to us, Mr. Cephalo, mm-hmm. and he like he had this little tiny house and a little tiny like he'd walk around his little house smoking a pipe, <laughs> and like he would stop and like pack his pipe. And then, like, light it, and the smell of a fucking pipe was, like, the greatest. I still kind of like the smell of cigarettes. I don't understand why more people don't smoke pipes. I mean, I don't. But, like, I feel like that's, like, a really cool-looking thing to do. But I almost feel like it would be, Do like, you, bro? But, yeah, maybe if you're investigating cases in London <laughs> in the 1800s. I just, you don't think that would look kind of cool to be smoking a pipe? At what age? Gotta be old. Yeah, gotta be you old. Gotta you can't be, be old. Yuck. You if I was old. smoking a pipe when you walked People in, would just beat you. while telling you I didn't yeah. actually know who you were, that would have been like the ultimate. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're like, oh, this guy's autistic. <laughs> as, you're, as you're refilling the kerosene lantern <laughs> here, this thing is toasty, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, it's this so. is some fucking like runaway from home <laughs> shit right here. This kerosene <laughs> heater. Yeah, this is, dude. I mean, I, I yeah, I bought it around that age, I guess. Yeah, that's the main point of the studio to run away from. When did you start smoking Camel Crushes? You know, I don't consider myself a smoker i just always have cigs on hand i smoke on the podcast and i the most classic thing ever i smoke when i drink yeah. but as you guys know i tend to drink like a decent amount i probably smoke like five cigarettes a week oh, but uh good for you camel crushes like i don't know you know i can't not do menthol anymore because when i first started smoking i didn't give a fuck about the cigarettes because i was buying when i was drunk you didn't know so i would get newports yeah and i didn't even know that newports were menthol you just, like, want, you just got that fiberglass, baby. They're the worst kind. <laughs> they're the worst, dude. I would wake worst. up, I'd smoke like one Newport and wake up the next day sounding like I was like, like a Jewish mother. And I was like, oh my God, dude. And the people were like, yeah, because you fucking smoke in Newports, dude. Yeah. And then I was like, no, it's just all cigarettes, fucking yeah. idiots. Do you smoke? So you what? You smoke cigarettes once in a while? Um, yeah, Every once in a while. See, I can't. I could never be that dude. Yeah. If I had one cigarette right now, I would be a pack a day tomorrow. Really? really? Yeah, I had quit. Like when I met my wife, I met her. We both smoked, and then we started dating like six months later. And I wa- I had quit, but she still smoked. So I was like, "You should like, you know, like we go on dates." I'm like, "Do you want to have a cigarette?" And she's like, "No, I'm not gonna smoke because you quit." And I'm like, "I don't care. This is when I would have one." <laughs> yeah. And so then, like eight months into our relationship, she quit, or maybe less, six months. Mm-hmm. And then we lived together, and then it was like a, like eight months since we've been living together. And we went on vacation with this other couple. And the dude was like this awesome. He's a stud. Played college baseball. Should have been drafted. He's like in great shape. Mm-hmm. And like he's just smoking butts. I go, dude, you smoke butts? And he goes, just you know, just on the weekends when I drink. And I'm like, fuck. You know what? I want to be a guy who smokes when I drink. <laughs> I'm like, Let me get one of those. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? She's like, Jay, you're not smoking. I'm like, I'm just having one while we drink. I, I'm not a. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next you know, day, you know what it is. Pack. You know what it is, I think, and I've said this before, and everybody thinks I'm I'm joking when I say it, but, like, I have, like, really bad ADD, which is, like, but, like, when I get, like, a craving for something, like mm-hmm. a cigarette or eating, I easily get, like, distracted by something, and then I forget that I crave that cigarette. So, like, there'll be times when I'm sitting in the studio just working on something, I'll be like, yo, I could really go for a cig right now. And then I'll, like, click a link on YouTube, and then it'll be, like, two hours later, I'll be like, oh, I never even smoked that cigarette. It's like I just forget that I wanted it, I wonder if that's real. I I'm not I, doubting it. I'm just yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. That's my I mean that's that's I mean who cares? Yeah, I don't I'll know. I'll be honest with you. I think doctors will tell you when my wife and I we went to Sweden one time to visit her friend and she I don't know, she she was pregnant or she just had a baby, I can't remember. But like 
you know, it's a socialist country, and there's like it's like this pamphlet that you get when you're pregnant of what the government suggests for how to like be healthy, and it said have no more than three cigarettes a day and no more than one cocktail a day. What country was this? Was this again? Sweden. Jeez Louise. No more than three cigs a day. Yeah, you can have three cigs a day when you're pregnant. And Swedish I had people I had look a, pretty healthy though, bro. They, they are healthy. Something. But listen to me. I have another buddy. When he was smoking cigarettes in L.A., his doctor told me, he's like, if you have three cigarettes a day, you're fine. It's like, not a big deal. What? Yeah. But it's just whether or not you can do that, you know? Holy shit, dude. I feel dude. great right now. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't easily do I that. I honestly wouldn't swim. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'll take one, too. <laughs> you want one? No. Fuck okay. no. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, we're being healthy. It's a healthy choice right now, dude. <laughs> it's the healthy choice. <laughs> Dude, I'm I heard a doctor <laughs> said this was good. Dude, Sweden cut. recommends no less than three segs a day when you're fucking pregnant, dude. You got to do it. Cut. You know you don't have to crack that, and it can just be a regular cigarette, right? Yeah, but the menthol, it... it I'm not telling you. I'm telling homeboy over here, Eric. Did you... Okay. <laughs> you don't have to crack it. You can still smoke it, dude. Did you know that? crack it, though. I remember when those came out, dude. It's like a toy. I like playing with it. <laughs> I no? did a movie in Pennsylvania, and, like, dudes in the crew, like, all these guys were, like tatted up biker dudes like roasted pigs and shit and they were like dudes are smoking these they just come out and one dude was they had kits where you could roll your own so you'd buy the crushed buy little thing ball? the little thing to roll with them and shit it was that's like too much that. dude that's yeah. too much for me like i never got behind the whole like rolling my own cigs it's too much pressure or not well too you much barely pressure. smoke dude yeah, I mean, but I feel like people do that as a means to... I feel like if I were to do it, it would be so I would cut back on smoking. That's Because yeah, so like I cannot annoyance. roll something for my yeah. life. With well, your ADD, also, it's not like a... Yeah, you can't just get it and do it. True. You'd have to like exactly. sit down and be like, oh, fuck this, dude, this sucks. Yeah, and I can barely grab good. one in my pack without forgetting that I wanted one, so... You know what's weird is, how long ago was that when you said that you, that you got that pamphlet in Sweden? How long ago was that? I mean, 2000... Eight or something like that. Because I feel like countries have gone the complete other direction with that. Like I went to Mexico recently, and like all the packs, like pretty much America is the only country that I'm. Uh, my friend said that like all of Europe does this, but like you get like a pack of cigs in some other country, and it's like fucking just a picture of somebody with like an amputated Their mouth, leg, and it's yeah. like yeah. I looked at that and I was like, all right, dude, like is this really fucking necessary? Like at a certain point, you can just tell people like. Smoking's not good for you. No, I think it's 100% necessary. Really? Well, you still bought the pack, dummy. Yeah, but like... Do you, do you realize if... You, you obviously don't know. You're still doing it. And they're telling you people's mouths are falling off of their face, but people still smoke. So it's like... Yeah, but that's like putting like... To me, as a person who's like a non... Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't consider myself... I have an addictive personality, like we said. To me, it's like that would be like if you bought a beer and it was just a picture of a dude beating his wife on the fucking pack, the six pack. It's like, all right, like you can drink a from, beer without agree. getting to that level. Like, why, why can't you just allow human beings to trust human beings? Like, yeah, I, everybody understands. I think at this point, I, I think the you can't trust people because you have to make laws specifically against not beating your wife and all that other shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, Listen, well, obviously, we, he, we got we really took a stretch in the wife beating thing. Okay. <laughs> Let's come I don't back. I don't think it's any different than having a guy with fucking uh, gangrene foot because he smokes cigs. Well, it's cancer. I mean, yeah. Cigarettes cause cancer. Mm -hmm. alcohol, okay. alcohol does not cause wife beating. Either you're a wife beater or you're not. So cigarettes can cause cancer, and okay. that's what they're warning you against. And they 
cigarette industry makes them so they're addictive to to you, so you will continue to do it. And they target minors and all this other shit that's terrible. It's why you can't advertise it. You can't advertise cigarettes anymore. Yeah. Right? You know you what I mean? You were saying in Mexico they had, like, different flavored crushes. Yeah, like, like you, in Mexico they have, like, because in, in the United States you're not allowed to flavor tobacco, which is that law carried over to vapes, too. Like, just for cigarettes? Um, I think any type of tobacco. In America, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not aware, like, 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 uh, in Mexico, they had these like camel crushes where it was like one ball was a menthol ball and the other one was like a grape ball, and like first of all, it but was they awful. flavor vape. But yeah, but they just banned that. They banned recently. it. They banned it because you're not allowed to flavor tobacco products. Yeah. But like to me, I look at stuff. I guess I take more of like a, a libertarian aspect to it. And it's like, I feel like at a certain point, it's like, all right, dude, like you have on the package that it's bad for you. At what point, like if at at what point? Can you just allow people to just understand that, like, yeah, I understand cigs are bad, but I'm going to smoke them anyway. I guess it would be for, well, first of all, we don't have it in this country. Which is like good, you said. in my opinion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, if, like, some, like, 14-year-old kid who grows, grab a pack of cigarettes sees that, he might be apt to be like, or she, like, shit, maybe I shouldn't smoke these, start smoking these cigarettes, you know? Yeah. Either way, there's not one human being except for that doctor of my buddies who's going to tell you they're good for you. Even that doctor's <laughs> going to tell you they're not good for you. Alcohol's not good yeah, for you, but you can still have Sweden it. Says good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a pamphlet. Dude. Socialism it's an in general. Country. <laughs> Say what you will, at least it's an ethos. I do wonder. I, I guarantee. I would be interested to know if they still take that stance on it. I bet they ten do. years later. You think so? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's I do know that you know what you get from maternity leave in Sweden. What? For a woman, a year and a half. For a man, six months. You know what you get in the United States? Zero. Wait, what, what was that? <laughs> Zero. No, but... Um, maternity leave. Oh, a maternity year and a half leave? maternity leave. Oh, okay. So when a woman has a baby in Sweden, she can take up to a year and a half. Mm-hmm. She will get her, her salary, maybe not full, yeah. but like 80% or something like that, and is guaranteed her job will be there when she comes back. Are there limitations to that? Like, can you just keep having kids and just keep getting maternity leave or no it's socialism they everyone is being taken care of in the united states no one my my wife works for a company that's like very pro women and she got two months maternity leave Mm -hmm. and then if she had to go any more than that and the the, i get zero obviously no one's gonna be like yeah go be with your kid like they think a man needs to be with a child at all yeah you know because we don't care so, um, but you know that's socialism. It's also like super clean, and you know, but you know everything's kind of like standardized for everybody. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that sounds cool, but at the same time, I do wonder. I feel like systems like that could easily be abused for like the max. You know, of course, yeah. So it's like I don't. I feel like the the ideal world would be like a happy medium between the two. Like obviously, I think women should get maternity leave, but at the same time, as a business. It's like to force people to force businesses to have to cater to people's decisions and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, if I hire this, I feel like that would lead, like in a, in a in a non-socialist country where people are allowed to hire at will. I feel like that would ultimately lead to discrimination because then if I'm a if I'm a person who's hiring people, yeah. I would think, okay, well, if I hire this woman, there's a chance that she can she's just gonna ha- get pregnant, take off a year and a half, and now I'm just gonna be liable to pay for her. For a year and a half with no well, product. I'm sure, there's a government subsidy that goes to the company because yeah. it's like, you know, they take care of the people in their country. You know? yeah. yeah. It's tough, dude. It was tough. What was? This, this whole conversation oh, is yeah. tough for <laughs> me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
I was like thinking about. It. I was like, wow, I have no fucking clue about Sweden, dude. I hear it's great though. I was talking to this guy from Sweden, and he was. T- and when I was in Mexico, it was like a whole bunch of different people from different parts yeah. of the world. He was like, man, Sweden's the best country, and I was like. Come on, bro. You know America's the best country, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. That's why we're in Mexico right now, because most of our countries rule. Come on, man. We get shootings every fucking day, son. <laughs> how, many you got, how many shootings you got in Sweden, baby? I, mean, I just came here fresh off a shooting, dog. Come on, man. Fresh off, baby. <laughs> every day we're fr- fresh off one. <laughs> I did notice I did notice that, like, uh, would you say that stand-up, I, I mean, I would venture to say that stand-up is obviously your main, but I noticed that you still act in uh, when i was looking at your imdb i noticed that, like you're doing a lot of stuff that's like drama art yeah, type you're of things. In, um, corporate right yeah i'm that on corporate right corporate? now yeah nice really yeah oh uh, yeah that was awesome those guys are the best that mm-hmm. show is so hilarious it's you know what it's super like you have to pay attention i was watching that with my wife and i'm like hey you paying attention you just missed like three jokes yeah you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean they're not hitting there's no laugh track this isn't this ain't big bang theory here <laughs> um yeah man so wait i uh, yeah, I still do stuff, you know, like I wish I would like to do more drama. I did that movie The Invitation and then I did Twin Peaks, which were both dramas, but like I would love to do more. I just don't get the opportunity. I was just wondering how when you went out to LA cuz you said that you like you said when I asked you originally you said like, yeah, I guess like I found these things in my notebook or something that like made me feel like maybe I was inclined towards comedy. But like at what point were you just like did you just find yourself doing stand up as your main thing? I was like, waiting tables. And I was taking an acting class, and I took an improv class, you know, because I really did want to do that. Yeah. And I was writing, so I wrote a script. When I first got out there, I wrote this script, and then I started to write another one that was a comedy. <coughs> and then I was like, you know, I was waiting tables, and I was crushing. I would just crush tables. <laughs> like, people would just be losing their shit every yeah. time. And, like, three times in one week, someone asked me, hey, are you a stand-up comedian? And I was like, no. And I, I I remember like saying no to this table and uh, like walking back to the kitchen. And this girl who worked with me just like saddled up next to me and walked with me like like a movie. And she's like, you know, if you want to do stand up, I know a guy that can get you on stage. And I was I like, oh, yeah. It. And she's like, yeah. And then she trailed off. And then I went to the bar. And my buddy Tony was a bartender. And I was like, hey, you used to do stand up in Minnesota, didn't you? He goes, yeah, two and a half years. And I was <laughs> like, people have been asking me, like, should I try it? I go, what do I need to do? He goes, all you need is five minutes. Just get five minutes, and then if you go to a show, they'll let you perform. That's probably all they'll let you do. And I was like, all right. And I, like, thought about it for a week and then, like, came up with some ideas and I went to that guy's house. and like, what do you think about these things? And he's like, yeah, that's great. And that was that. Oh, yeah. Damn. How long was that into you moving to L.A.? Like, a year or two? year and a half. year and a half? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I took the first six months when I moved to L.A., my cousin – was an actress and her husband was an actor and they lived up there. So before I was moving, <clears throat> like I knew senior in college I was going to move to LA. Mm-hmm. So I called her like, I don't know, in like October and I was like, so I think I'm going to move to LA. And she like talked, like I didn't know her that well at the time. And so she talked to me on the phone for a while and like the one she gave me, she was like, you have to have a car. You, she told me a bunch of different stuff, but like the one thing that really stuck with me, she said, when you get here, Take the first six months and don't do anything in the business. No acting, no headshots, nothing. Just get a job and start learning the city. Yeah. Learn places to go, learn what you like, drive around. She goes, because so many people come there, they immediately get headshots, try to get auditions, they're running around, and in six months... They get their ass handed to them because no one's, nothing's going to happen, and they, they run out of money. depressed. Well, first of all, 
4% of the kids that move there just are rich anyway. Oh, yeah. So they're not running out of money. But what happens is they're depressed because they don't they don't have any place to go. They don't know where they don't know anything. You know what I mean? So now they're like living in like a place they don't know. Yeah, isolated. You, yeah, and, yeah, so and then then they bounce. So that's what I did. So for f- first 6 months that's what I did. I just like <clears throat> I ate healthy and I started running every day. I end up losing like 30 pounds in the first like six months I was there and I would golf a lot and I would work and I would hang out with people at work and I'd smoke a ton of weed (laughs) (laughs) and uh so yeah that's what I did then I like a kid I worked with taught an acting class so I took an acting class with him and then I took another acting class off of that and then I was like I'm gonna try and write this script so I started writing the script and like you know I was doing all that stuff on my own and then I got into stand-up. I did Groundlings, stand-up, and wrote my second script all at the same time. Wow. And uh, I was like, oh, I should pick one thing to focus on, and I, I picked stand-up. And then started focusing more on my writing the last, like, eight years. Yeah. Do you think that was more a testament to, like, you establishing just, like, your own grounding in there? Or do you think it was more of just, like, after six months you had met and known enough people to, like, navigate that you could actually get yourself out there through the right mediums and things like that. I think I was literally like taking my cousin's advice and I was like stoked. It was my first time on my own. You know what I mean? Like I lived in my mom's house until I moved. You know, I graduated college. I worked two jobs, tried to save as much money as possible to move to LA. And uh, I had a goal. I'm like, when I get five grand, I'm going to move to LA. And then I was like, what if I never get five grand? I'm just going (laughs) to stay here. Yeah. And so I just picked a date on the calendar and I'm like, whatever money I got, I'll go. And it was January seventeenth, two thousand, and I had uh, thirty two hundred bucks, and that was that. Now, was there? I guess did, were you at all involved in? I mean, I don't. I've never been to Boston, but like, were you at all involved in like the art scene up there, or was there an art scene to speak of, even comedy? Or uh, I mean, there's a ton of comedy. Boston's there, a great yeah. art scene. Like, if you're gonna, if you're a young comedian, and you want to move to a city, and I don't. I moved to L.A., which is not a great idea. New York and L.A. New York more than L.A., I think, because you can still kind of hide out and, like, work on comedy in New York. But L.A. is, like, you're kind of, like, around people, and they're going to see you be bad when you're yeah. young. Like, like that's, that's why I was saying you shouldn't judge those before. open micers tonight. Like, you can't judge them, you know? Like, let them just be. Um, but Boston's a great town to go to. A lot of, a lot of cats, like... We'll go to Emerson and then stay in Boston for a couple of years and start stand up there and stuff like that, or San Francisco or Chicago or Austin or Denver. Those all have like Atlanta have good comedy scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. DC, yeah, DC yeah. is really good. I mean, when I, I went out to LA when I was uh, nineteen, not to live there, I just kind of took a trip out there with my friend who actually currently lives out there now. Um, and I remember the first thing that stuck with me, I remember being out there and just seeing that, like, wow, everybody you meet almost is, like, kind of striving. I went out there for music, mm-hmm. um, or I am a musician, and I went out there just to kind of explore that. And I just noticed that, like, wow, everybody, it's kind of like everybody here you meet. Whereas, it, like, in Baltimore, it's, like, it's not the norm, oh, necessarily. You to, you to, yeah, you have to seek it out here. Yeah. yeah. But L.A. is just full of people bright eyes but it's like you go out there and it's like you know the big fish small pond thing was like everybody but like i I remember saying to scott i was like dude like i couldn't see myself just moving out here with nothing under my belt and just like dive into this big pond and just hope that like i'm gonna be so good or whatever that i just stand out in this gigantic city like to me it would have made more sense to to establish yourself in a city like baltimore or something like that so when you move out to a bigger city like new york or la 
you actually have something to say for yourself. You have experience and things like that. For sure. And I think when you said the six months thing, I think that was a really solid piece of advice. Because I've noticed even trying to get gigs around here, and Baltimore's obviously a far smaller city, but like so much of it is just knowing people and having a reputation. And like 100% you, of it is knowing people. I mean, even not even just in the comedy or music or arts industry in general, but just in any industry, really. It's yeah. so much about networking and just like when two people are interviewing for a job, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, like this guy might have a better grade point average or whatever or a better degree, but like if the other guy knows the manager, 100%. What's going to happen? Yeah, I know. You know? And uh, <laughs> I know I found that out the hard way many times. But I guess even when you, you said you moved out there in like 2000. Yeah. I guess even the, dif the difference between then and now is like bef when you moved out there, I guess the internet wasn't a huge thing, right? No. So, like, just the aspect of, like, being able... Because, like, the, the cool thing about now is that you could pretty much be anywhere. And if you, you can market yourself to the entire freaking world from, yeah. from anywhere. Yeah. You know, so I do, I, I do find that fascinating to have been, like, in a time back then where it's like, holy shit, like, if I want to have my name known, I almost eventually have to go to a place like that. Yeah. Which may still be the case. I don't I, know. I mean, I don't know... Look at how many famous comedians or comedians that are crushing that don't live in major cities. I can name three. Mm -hmm. Nate yeah, Bargatze, yeah, Chad yeah. Daniels, and I can't name a third. <laughs> Do you have any desire? Like, are you pretty much established in Los Angeles to the point where you have Dave no... Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Chappelle don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle's a beast. Um, yeah, man, I, honestly, I wish I could live in a small little town. I love little towns. I love them to death. Well, I, the first thing I said to you is I'm going to get coffee in Townsend tomorrow. Like I, it's, I, I seek out little towns to go hang out in them because mm -hmm. yeah. I oh, love it. Dude. Check out if you're going for like breakfast coffee, yeah. Towson Hot Bagel. Yeah, amazing sandwich, really? amazing breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, all right, super good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I would, I, I just can't yet. It's like I just don't know. Like, um, it would just be too foreign to me. You know what I mean? I've lived in LA now for so long that unless I was like really crushing it i wouldn't leave because it would just scare me too much to like try and start somewhere else i've done it i moved to la in 2000 i moved to new york in 2007 and started all over again which was like a huge step backwards for me it was good because i got into other things like making short films which is something i want to do i, I like making my own stuff that's like mm -hmm. ultimately like what i really love and then i moved back to la and then i had to start all over again you know so like if I was going to move somewhere, I would want to know that, like, I'm established, established, established. You know what I mean? And yeah. then go. How, uh, how long were you in uh, New York for? A year and a half. year and a half? Okay. Yeah. That's, like, a nice little, like, <coughs> uh, I don't know, especially for having started in L.A. Yeah. Like, it kind of gives, like, a break from people seeing you. And then when you come back, you're still working on stuff and you're still doing your thing. But then they see that as kind of, like, the first impression again. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was like a, yeah, I don't know. Did I you mean, notice a difference in between the two, like, scenes, I guess? Like, was it a different vibe, I guess, from West Coast to East Coast? Because I do feel like New York and L.A. are very different cities. I Just feel like L.A. gives you more leeway to, like, expound on your ideas on stage. In New York, everyone's just so lightning quick. They're like, boom, 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 boom. Like, there's no time to fuck around. Where in L.A., you can be more of a storyteller, in a way, I, I'm just saying I feel like they give you a little more slack in L.A. than you do in, in New York. But at the same time, I think funny just trumps everything. So if you're oh, yeah. funny, people aren't going to care. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, New York, I feel like, is a little more 
like I don't know if it's because of like how the city is, like everyone's kind of on top of each other, and even in like the shows, like the audiences are like right onto the stage. Yeah, yeah. and like it's like a kind of like an ab- abruptness, but still, I don't know. I feel like New York, at least, is more kind of in your face about how their feelings are, whereas L.A. is, uh, we're all doing this together, but then also some people behind each other's backs are like... A little more passive-aggressive. Yeah, yeah. We're in L.A.? In New York. I mean, no, in L.A., more passive-aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is one of the things I appreciate about New York, actually. Yeah. Uh, I will say, to one, the first thing I'll say is New York was the first place I've ever been in my life that actually lived up to how I imagined it. Like, I, I, I had been in New York for the first time when I was 19 or 20 or something like mm-hmm. that. And when I pulled across the bridge and I saw the New York skyline and I was walking around, this, I, when I first saw the skyline, I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly how I imagined it. Like, yeah. it's that and big. Then, it's yeah. that and crazy. And then you go to L.A. the first time and you see, like, oil derricks and, like, fucking Dude, when I was on just s- warehouses as far as the eye can see. When I was in L.A., I remember... Uh, Going to Hollywood and just walking up that whatever that boulevard is, Hollywood Sunset or I don't yeah. I don't know what it is, and just being like, this is Hollywood, this yeah. is this is what this is. Well, that's what you did. You did the tourist thing. You look, you just talked, you took the New York skyline and compared it to. You should have taken Times Square and compared it to what you did in L.A. Because L. Mm-hmm. Listen, as much as I shit on L.A., it's got amazing, 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 amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. You know and what I mean? The weather's great. The weather's amazing. You have the desert two hours away. You have skiing two hours away. San Diego's two hours away. Santa Barbara's two hours away. You have the beach. You have Griffith Park, which is one of the largest city parks in the United States. It's unfucking believable wow. You can go horseback riding there. There's, like, there's so much. There's the east side, which is, like, more city-like. There's downtown. There's, like... You know, there's a lot. L.A. has got a ton. And it's you can still go find art scenes. There's, you know, painters. My wife and I go to tons of plays. We go to musicals. We, we still get our culture in in that big city. You know, there's just tons. There's, there's a, a shit ton to do in Los Angeles. But I just feel like comparing New York to any other city in the world isn't fair. It's like... There's New York, and then there's every other city. I mean, yeah. I've never been to Hong Kong, which I've heard is, or Bangkok, or yeah, yeah. you know, anything like that, or Paris. I've never been to Paris, so like, yeah. who the fuck am I to say shit? You know, yeah. like if you haven't been to Paris, <laughs> has this become the bougiest podcast ever right now? <laughs> haven't been to Paris? Get the fuck Get off the my fuck couch, out. Bro. No, that's all. That's the only city I ever think about that I'm like, man, I really want to go there because I just I can't even picture what that's like. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, another city that I feel like is probably amazing is London, and I never realized that London is bigger than New York. Yeah, well, London, yeah, it's well, that's because like, New York's so fuck? condensed. You know, New York's in a small, it's nine square miles. Mm-hmm. I've been to London; it was really cool, but it's like it's very spread out, or at least what I thought was. Yeah, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. Here. So, how often do you pass through Baltimore? I think this is my one third time ever being here. This is your first time at Magoobies tonight. First time. Oh, nice. You know, I'm I'm fresh off that set. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fresh <laughs> off, off that Thursday night show play. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Didn't you do like a show like Creative Alliance a while back? Yeah, or something? Ryan or? and I did that uh, okay. in 2016. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've been through DC a ton. I love DC, and then I shot cool. that movie here last summer mm-hmm. for 2017. 2017 is when we mm-hmm. shot that movie in Dundalk, and uh, I loved. I just loved being here. The people are just 
dope. I just yeah. fucking love them. Yeah. Does it feel like a small town? Does Baltimore does it feel, feel like southern a s- to you? A lot of people say like Maryland is considered southern, but I feel Everyone like it's still says, kind well, of the like uh, yeah. But I feel like it's yeah. more like a like a Philly-ish, like Delaware. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a New weird Jersey little spot, ish. man. Yeah. You know, first of like, all, I feel like all three of those states have the same people, but they just have a slightly different like twang in their accent. Yeah, totally. Baltimore just seems a little more country than Philly. Mm-hmm. To really, me. that's the way it feels a little to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can see that. And Delaware, like I had a friend who used to live in Delaware, so I would go to like Trolley Square and visit him. And Delaware is just so tiny. Um, I, I forget what the initial question was. What about, do, do you I think like we're it? We're fucking hicks, bro. That's what we're oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on. Yeah, of course. Lay it out on the table now, dude. <laughs> of course. I'm fucking tired of pussyfooting around this issue, dude. Because uh. <laughs> people from the South consider us Yankees, and people yeah. from the North. Yeah, you guys are like fucking stepchildren. You, you got, think about it. Your fucking yeah. city's a wasteland. You know what I mean? It's a wasteland. <laughs> and it's like it was this, just like, it's like the armor image. for DC during the Civil War. Yeah, it's a weird. It is funny that you say that. I never thought of it like that. Because Sickler, his new podcast is The Honeydew, and it's all about people that have been, like, have had experience in life where they've just been left behind. And Baltimore kind of feels like that town because you're saying the South doesn't want to claim you, and then the fucking North doesn't want to claim you. Yeah. Where everyone's just like, fuck you guys. Baltimore yeah. has you guys this are like, all right, we'll just do our own thing. <laughs> Baltimore to me has this purpose. We'll make it in Baltimore. <laughs> we'll make it all about Baltimore. Everyone in Baltimore is all about Baltimore. It's very yeah. true. We have a very uh, underdog complex i feel like we perpetually and it's weird when you compare us to other cities like i remember going to new orleans and and, and, and we constantly shit on e- ourselves but we hate when other people do it listen yeah. you have a different kind of underdog complex yeah boston had always had an underdog complex to new york we always felt like underdogs like no one gave a shit about us but we believed we could be better than them baltimore's underdog is like we're underdogs but I get it. I get, <laughs> I get why we're I get why we're underdogs. Totally fair. That's what it feels like. Good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. It is, that is probably the most annoying thing about being coming up in in this city is like there is this per, this like perpetual thing where everybody's just like, oh well, he's just a he's a Baltimore musician. He's a Baltimore comic. He's yeah. this, it's like you never feel like you. It's like when you go to when you see like a New York comic, it's like, oh my god. Like yeah. you still, I still, even I still get that like weird See, thing. I look at guys like, uh, you know, like like Colin Quinn. That uh, you're like, oh wait, you grew up 15 minutes away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Or like guys that like when I meet people, like when you meet people in L.A., right? And you're like, so where are you from? They're like, oh, I grew up in the Valley, but they're in the business and they're successful. They still look at themselves like, yeah, I didn't really go that far. I'm here. And you yeah. look at Colin and you're like, what a stud. And you're like. Yeah, he just grew up right there. He didn't have anywhere to go. But it's yeah. not a negative. It's not like they look at negative. I mean, they you may downplay it a little bit, but I think everyone kind of, you know, feels that way about still being where they're from. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, my fantasy is still living in my hometown and having Sunday dinners with my family. That's my fantasy to just be like, come on, kids, we're going to your grandmother's for dinner on Sunday and still fucking talking like, like I don't know anything, you know yeah. what I mean. You have a subtle. I did notice you do have a subtle twin. It comes that in Boston and out. Accent. But like yeah, yeah. when I first moved to LA, it was it was crazy because I was just like you know that was how I spoke my whole life. Yeah. Like I have. And like you don't this, know any different. You don't know that that's like different no. from other people speaking. Yeah. I mean, and not even till. And by the way, you made it evident that internet wasn't a big thing when I moved to LA. It wasn't around at all. 
when I was in like middle school. So yeah. like stuff that was going on the rest of the world, your world. First of all, in middle school, your world takes place within five square miles of your life anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, so you just thought everyone talked like that. And my sister Courtney and I, we had like super drastic Boston accents more than like other people in our house. Um, and my mom doesn't have like you hear it in certain words, but my mom's very refined. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like. I like thinking I'm blue collar because we grew up middle class with no money and I used to mow the lawn and had a job at 14. You know what I mean? So for me, yeah. it's like I love that accent because it like I I identify who I was and who I always wanted to be with that voice. You know what I mean? The cool thing about the Boston accent in particular is it's like a famous accent. You know, like it's so distinct. Like I can hear you speak and I can immediately pinpoint like, oh, that's where that guy's from. Yeah. But the Baltimore accent just screams white yeah, trash to me coach someone to say water you, but they'll say water or yeah. wash well that's because or, there's no like you can be like a hedge fund exec i mean look at the coach of the philadelphia 76s he's from boston you ever hear him talk no. he fucking talks well, i think the guys that were in the lower block and you know <laughs> we get out say get box he sounds like a fucking townie <laughs> yeah but he's in a suit and he's a really smart dude you could hear like hedge fund execs in Boston have that accent or like restaurateurs, but there's going to be no hedge fund exec who's going to be talking with yeah. that Baltimore accent no. yeah. <laughs> or Philly. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to wash out. It's going to wash out when you go through whatever degrees or college you need to get to yeah. to get where you are. But in Boston, you'll always come back to like, like my mom, you know, worked in, at the Boston ballet and in ballet and in music and still sings in choirs, but she's, She's going to have that Boston accent, you know yeah. what I mean? Just because it's there. Even when she's trying to sound like she's a Kennedy, she's going to have a Boston accent, yeah. you know? How did you uh, How did you and Ryan Sickler link up? Like, how did that whole relationship... Was he out in L.A. at the time? Oh, or? yeah. I met Ryan very early on in the stand-up. You know, like, we were both... We were both... I don't know. I, I wish I could... Rem- you know, some people I remember the day I met them, and other people I just feel like I've known Ryan my whole life. So I don't even know when I met Ryan. But we just both, I just remember like early on when we would do stand up, we kind of were doing the same shows, you know, like when I started, he, we both, you like started like the same class and then kind of, you know what I mean? So we started doing different. That's like the people you'll just hang out with. Yeah. Me, it was like me, Sickler, Fulcheron, Segura, and our buddy Carl D. And then there was like people like that were offshoots of that. But like me, Rye, Matt, Segura were very tight and me, and Carl D were very tight, and and so like we all kind of just were like hanging out together all the time. But Ryan and I like, you know, we both were like storytellers, and we both kind of like had this like thing where I had no dad, he didn't have a mom, so like we kind of like whether we knew it or not, we're connecting on that level, you know. But yeah. also just both like East Coast dudes. I feel like there's <coughs> definitely like just a thing, or if I meet someone who's like, like if I'm somewhere else. Because, like, yeah. obviously I'm going to meet fucking people in Baltimore from Baltimore. But totally. Like, yeah, if, like, I uh, I was, uh, I went to, like, Sundance, like, two years ago with my brother. Just for, like, fun. We didn't have any fucking lawyers or anything. But, like, um, uh, just, like, someone was, like, trying to cut in line. Like, oh, sorry, I'm going to meet my friend up there. Da, da, da. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> why are you trying to do this shit? He was like. Oh damn! You're the first person that stopped me. Where are you from? Baltimore. He's like, oh shit, me too. Like, <laughs> totally, <laughs> like, yeah. that's the it's best. Like, I was just, you know, trying to cut. <laughs> like, uh, all these fucking idiots were just like letting me go. <laughs> that Midwest great, trust, dude. dude. Yeah. Baltimore's just like, yeah, the other, get the the fuck other thing out is, Ryan and I both 
you like I mean, dude, I'm not gonna. You meet so many people in L.A. that just never had to fight for anything. They yeah. were like went out there with bankroll. They were just rolled. Yeah, I yeah. mean, even as even as simple as just being given a car. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. know how much yeah. of a he- a foot up you have when you have a car? Let yeah. alone fucking kids moving there with twenty grand, thirty. Who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? But Ryan, they I, don't even have a concept of that because no. they don't see the the rent. They don't see anything. No, and Ryan, I always I think had i'm not saying we had a shame that we were like aware of that we didn't have to worry about in front of each other because Mm -hmm. we both were like for us that's normal like we think like you know you should you know you work for what you get oh you know anyway i i I, we've never really talked about it like that but that's like who ryan and i both come from you know what i mean we both like like, yeah like we didn't have a chance it was like whatever we did was going to be on us and then that was it what uh what part of baltimore was ryan from all over he's just trash (laughs) <laughs> anywhere, Any, anywhere that's right all around the county he was all around baltimore county that's cool yeah now you weren't a part of the original cast on crab feast right no. how did i know because it was him and it was him in the full charge and then they had uh this guy randy and then this guy eric wendell so there's four of them and then they would sometimes have a guest i think i didn't I just knew when Rye was doing the, that, like he would he would tell me a lot about like what they were doing, and I didn't like podcasting was still kind of new. I felt like at that point, yeah, you and guys were like early adopters. To yeah, podcasting. I mean, we still thought we were late, but so what year was that that you guys started out? I mean, so seven years ago, two two thousand eleven or twelve. So you you and Ryan both already had a relationship prior to oh, yeah. starting that podcast. Yes, a very like deep relationship. You know, like yeah. But it never, it never, it never struck you. I guess when he was conceiving that idea to like be a part of it at the time. No, they. I think they did that while I was in New York, and then I moved home, and they were had been doing the podcast, and I moved back to L.A., and then he was like telling me about it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then Matt decided to move to New York, and said to Rye, like, I'm gonna move to New York, and Rye was like, what about the podcast? And he was like, take it, like, have it. And then so he said to me, he's like, hey, will you? do you want to do this podcast? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I might want to do my own. And he's like, well, will you just sit in and, and take Matt's spot for like a month while I figure out like what I'm going to do? And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, because he was always telling me. I used to do this uh, storytelling show at the Improv called Storytime with Jay Larson, and I would have four co- comics come on stage, all of us at the same time, and I would bring up topics like, you know, I'd say, what was your first car? You know, and they would then we all go around and we talk about we riff just like we did on the Crab Feast. So Rye would say like, Man, I want to do a podcast that's like what we used to do on that show because Rye was the only guy I ever had on twice on that show. Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh, cool." And then uh, I sat in with him for a while, and then he said to me, "Like, what if we just did me and you, and we had a guest, and we would do storytelling like we did, you know, with the with uh, your storytelling show?" And I was like, "All right, I would totally do that because nice. that felt like more like my speed." And so we changed the whole format completely different from what it was before and started doing that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys did that for like what, seven eight, years, bro. Eight, Seventy. Okay. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. And and was it when when it ended? Was it just I guess you just moved on to other things? I guess was it one of those I deals mean, or like, like we, ran out of stories <coughs> almost, right? Or well, no? no, because it evolved to the point where we would have guests on and we would just like rip on their stories, mm-hmm. you know. But like, I have two kids. Rye has one kid, and Rye has like he he's split from his girl, so like they split time with their daughter so he's mm-hmm. got to manage that time i got to manage my two i travel my wife travels so like managing 
time for us to get together. Yeah, for like a week. Was thing. getting a lot. It was a lot, you know. Yeah. And we we wanted to grow the podcast, but we couldn't figure out how to do it. And then we were kind of like, maybe it's time that we just like, you know, take a leap of faith and do something each. Excuse me, where it can just be us, so we don't have to mm-hmm. worry about anything, and like you know, and we can identify it as our own, you know. Okay. And, you know, like, again, it's going to, you know, you take some bruises when you're doing that. And it's tough, especially when you, like, love the guy you work with and you love the mm-hmm. fans you've been working for. So, yeah. you know, but that's what we did. Um, you, I assume you don't have a, your own thing podcast-wise going at no, the moment. No, you do right, right now. You yeah, do? this guy. <laughs> you thought he did some research. <laughs> well, you're at half the Wikipedia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My new podcast is called The Through Line. And it still comes out every Tuesday. And uh, I do it on Starburns Audio, and it's on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere like that. So um, I've changed the format. It's just basically I sit down with someone and, like, I try to find things that interest me within them. You know what I mean? And, and like, some to, like, hear their connect. stories. Yeah, I try yeah, and connect yeah. things to, like, my next guest. So I had, I've had, i had Mark Marin, Christelle Alonzo, Michael Kelly, nice. Tim Dillon. Next week I have Ira Glass on. Awesome. So uh, I have Dan Harmon coming up. Um I have Justin Willman coming up. So a lot of cool, interesting people, you know, that, like, I'm trying to get Karin Kusama, who directed The Invitation and just directed The Destroyer with Nicole Kidman coming up, you know. So I'm trying to, like, take it outside of comedy somewhat and have, like, other people from worlds that I have interest in. Well, that's what I was trying to get at as I stumbled across not knowing shit. But, uh, like, you... Is right now from an industry standpoint, is is touring your main form of income right now? No, my income is like stand up, acting, writing, podcasting. And it's all a combination. Wow. And then like I keep like I just wrote a new script that uh I've never written like an hour long, so I just wrote this hour long. So I'm just like getting notes from friends that are writers and then my agents will hopefully will start taking that out and I'll start pitching that. And then I have like a I have a, you know, Rory Scovell. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's from uh, this area, too. Uh, he? South Carolina. But he, he started comedy in, in D.C. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He and I have a show together that we've been trying to, like, we haven't started pitching yet, but, like, we're going to take that out. We just uh, attach someone who's kind of kind of a big deal. I don't really want to say it just because no one else has, so I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I have those things, and then I have my podcast, and then I have, like, little app. I'm doing Curb. Oh, nice. uh, oh, dope. Yeah, next week I'm shooting Curb. So little things like that, you know, and like, and I just keep hitting singles, and, and you, like, hope that script becomes a thing where you, like, you know, I've sold a couple shows, and they just didn't make the air, you know, so you hope that this one is my new one, that I can sell this, and hopefully that'll get on the air, or I'll get on something, you know, or, you know. Yeah. You just keep hitting singles till you fucking finally get in the game. Like, Rory Scovell, he's in the game, you know what I mean? He's got good stuff going on. That's an interesting way to put it, hitting singles. Like well, you got to, like, everyone, you know, I always have just been an all-or-nothing dude. And, like, when you get kids, you're just like, um, how about you just start hitting some singles, bro? Yeah. Let's put some money away, okay? Let's fucking get rid of this lamp. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's get a couple lamps around here. Let's not, worry about re- let's not worry about putting two grand in the place. Let's put 200 in, and then it'll be a whole different ball. I, I imagine having kids probably flips your fucking life upside down. Oh, yeah, or it at least changes your perspective. I'm, like, for me personally, I'm, like, terrified of the idea of having a child right now. Also, I'm 26. Yeah. But, like, just the idea of, like, somebody else relying on my 
complete lack of fucking organization and just any anything whatsoever. Just like I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Like it just it. I all, at the same time, I feel like. Did you feel like when you had kids that it like made you more like? Did you find that you were being more productive once you you had that yeah, level like of shift responsibility? Priorities, like I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. It no. took like two Maybe. years for me to like it. <laughs> no, I love it. I always wanted kids. I wanted kids some, since I was in the fifth grade. But um, no, I just didn't really like have a. Uh, I didn't really have a viewpoint on it. You know, like. I, I Did mean, you have a kid when you were ready to have a kid? Yeah, I wish I had had them earlier, to be honest with you, especially really? now that I'm older. Really? Oh, shit, I wish I had had them earlier. They're so much fun. I How love old them. are they right now? Uh, he's five next in two weeks, and she's three. Okay. Oh, damn. And I'm 43, you know? Mm-hmm. 43 on Sunday, baby. Hey. Nice, dude. You know what my birthday gift is? Pat's winning another Super Bowl, son. Oh, I forgot. Dude, you know, uh, it's one of those things. I, I legit. I think Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback. What do you mean? Why is anyone saying probably the best? There's no way, no way, anyone, any quarterback ever is as good as Tom Brady ever. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Dude, I had Tom Brady jersey in fucking seventh grade, his rookie season. Like when they when they first when they first I remember the first football game I ever watched through and through. Obviously the Ravens the, the prior to the year that the Patriots beat the um the Rams, the Rams. in the first in the Super Bowl in one that was when the Ravens beat the Giants. Trent that, yeah, that Super Bowl year was the first full football game I remember ever watching. Was the Super Bowl game? We all went over to my parents' house and we watched the Ravens win. And then um, the next year I played for a team called the Parkville Patriots. Uh-huh. And naturally being an eight year old kid, like oh I played for the Patriots, so I just had this like allegiance to the New England Patriots. Like, oh my God, yeah. that's an NFL team. Oh my God, like there's a team that's like my rec team. Yeah. So I started following them and that was the year where Tom Brady came in halfway through the season or I think maybe even in the playoffs game, took over. I think, no, it was like, I think it was the second game. I think we were one and two. We were one and two and Bledsoe got fucking yeah, slammed he, and that's when Brady came and in. And Brady just came out of fucking nowhere and just like, I remember that the first time I remember watching a game and being amazed was when you guys played the Oakland Raiders in the snow. And I remember everybody talked. Tuck rule, man. Yeah, the tuck rule, but also just it was coming down. I remember even as a kid, like, putting together, like, you know, how is Oakland going to come to New England and play in the fucking snow and get them a run for their money? And then Vinatieri hit that field goal. And I was like, oh, my God. And I fucking I asked my mom. I was like, Mom, I, I need a Tom Brady jersey. Like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> and you guys, you won the Super Bowl that year, and then the fucking next year you didn't. And then the next two years you went against Philly and the Panthers. Yeah. And I've always been a Brady fan. And then, but the thing is, when when you grow up in a place that's not Boston, you learn to hate the Patriots because to everyone else that's I not know. you, I get it, bro. I grew up in Boston, across from the Yankees. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, he, he, I know. I, I I totally get it. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean I can't – I mean, I never grew up a 49 – I will say – so I'm a stats freak. I love stats when it comes to sports. Love. I think, hands down, there is only one greatest football player of all time. There is one greatest hockey player of all time. I don't know if there's a greatest basketball player of all time, and I don't know if there's a greatest uh, baseball player of all time. But hands down, no question, Jerry Rice is the greatest football player to ever play. Not even, not even close. Mm-hmm. And hands down, Wayne Gretzky's the greatest hockey player. No, not even there's not even if anyone even wants to have a conversation about it, I will walk out of the room. <laughs> Do you know that Wayne Gretzky? Okay. Yeah. If you took 
goals alone is he has the most points in the NHL history with just goals. Really? And he has more assists than anyone else ever. But with goals, he has the most points. Not even including his assists, which he has more than anyone. That's insane. And Jerry Rice has 22,000 receiving yards. The guy in second place has 15,000. That's seven 1,000-yard seasons you need to have. Larry Fitzgerald needs to play seven more yards, seven more years, 1,000 yards each to catch Jerry it's just there's no question. Here's the only thing I would say, and I, I agree the with you. I, I agree with time. you. I agree with you on the Wayne Gretzky thing. Firstly, because I don't know nearly enough about hockey to debate you on it, but I know that there's Wayne Gretzky is probably. Did the you best. hear the stat I just told? I know. You? I hear you now. I hear you now. When it comes to football yeah. specifically, I think football, particularly, is such a every position is so di- diversified that sure. it's hard to make a claim. I get mad statistically. It, any other player compared to the one below them, it's not even close. I could see that, but like so, I, I guess I guess that makes sense. So like you're saying that because Jerry Rice was so far above every other person in his position, that like because I look at it, I'm like, okay, like take a guy like Ray Lewis, probably the best, linebacker. one of the best middle yeah. linebackers Nasty of all time, and murderers ever. But because maybe he didn't have eons more tackles or eons more interceptions than the next guy, that like maybe you could argue that Jerry Rice was a better football player overall. I think in those sports where it's so diversified, even like when you have a different group of guys on the field, whether it's offense or defense. Yeah, of course. Like basketball, I feel like it's easier. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. But I think basketball would probably, you'd probably have an easier case to make finding the best basketball player because those guys are on the court. Soccer. Look at a guy like Lionel Messi, dude. I remember watching. But what about Pele? What I'm saying True. is, if you sat down with Ray Lewis and you said, hey, man, you want to look at Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice's stats together? He would start crying, laughing out loud and be like, "That's it's insane. Yeah, It's insane what Jerry Rice did. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. No, but, I, I agree with you. you. Know, anyway, Tom Brady, I think there's no question. He's going to his ninth Super Bowl. Dude, he's 42. In 18 years of fo- playing football, half of them he goes to the Super Bowl. 70% of the years he's been in the league, he plays in the AFC Championship I think it's game. the past eight years, was it, that he's been in the AFC Championship? Is that a thing? Oh, they went to eight straight. Yeah, Eight dude. straight. That's insane. They've had a bye eight straight years. They're just insane. It's insane. He, but so the he, reason insane. I, I, like, you... What are you looking up? Oh, I, was, I had a couple texts. I had to catch oh, up on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sports aren't your thing. <laughs> no, sorry. I was, as soon as I said Tom Brady, Eric was like, all right, who's oh, texting shit. me? Right? <laughs> Who do I got to get? Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck was I saying? Take a piss. We can get up sports. <laughs> what's your What's your main interest? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like video film production. Dude. You like Eric film? Loves I like film. I like. Uh, what's your favorite movie? I like comedy. Uh, favorite movie. This may sound weird, but I really like Hercules, the Disney cartoon. <laughs> Jesus, curve really ball. <laughs> no, I could have honestly, you could have given me one hundred and fifty thousand guesses, and that wouldn't have been one. <laughs> fucking, I'd be like at one hundred twelve thousand eight hundred. Like, I yeah. don't know. Fucking white men can't jump. But like, I don't know. Like, if we're talking like real movies, I guess I really like uh, real movies. I like. Uh, What's your favorite comedy of all time? Hercules. <laughs> Hercules across the board, son. No, best um, drama. So. I really like Scott Pilgrim. I think that's like a very oh, funny yeah. movie, and I like the like the directing in it and the editing. Like the editing in that movie is very funny. The way scenes change and like they transition, or like even just like uh, just very like slapsticky stuff, but in a monotone 
kind of yeah like way you know what i mean sure yeah how do you guys feel about ace ventura when nature calls dude comedy wise it's a good movie very funny movie i feel like jim carrey is probably one of the, probably the best physical comedian that i could he was think amazing. of Mm-hmm. And just like when I, e- even to this day, when I watch that movie, I'm like, wow, this guy was fucking incredible in this movie. Yeah. Like every scene, and he just did shit that, like, it was like just the confidence. Like he was doing like stand up riffs, but the confidence to like run with that shit, like in a full production set, just amazed me. Yeah, he's dope. And I'm not even like a movie buff, as you can tell by my fucking <laughs> pick there. I but mean, me either, I guess. I don't know. I will say Hercules is the best Disney movie. Of all time. I think Thank Lion you. King is overrated. I think it is. I think, uh, I, I don't think it's overrated. I just think it's overplayed. It's like, we get it, dude. It's a fucking lion. But like Hercules, also I'm Greek. So I have a very <laughs> strong, like. You want to talk about the Greek economy? We can, dude. We suck, dude. We, what else is there to say? We <laughs> fucking Look, Those guys are like, what was it? Did you see, um, did you see the Letterman interview with, Seinfeld on Netflix or whatever. I think uh, it, it was either that or maybe one of the comedians in cars getting coffee. But Letterman was uh, Jerry's talking about Greece. Maybe it was. Maybe I think it, I think it was uh, comedians in cars. Maybe with Will Ferrell. And, and they asked him the like uh, the guest was like, "Oh, you go to Greece?" They're like, yeah. He goes, "How how is it?" He goes, "It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. You know, they're making olive oil and they're doing everything. You know, it's great." And they're like, "But isn't the economy crash?" He's like, "Yeah, it doesn't bother them. They're still <laughs> they're still doing it." Yeah. It's so funny. It's still the same island. Have you been there? Germany. I've been there twice. The first time I was three, it was when I was born, and my my parents brought me back to show the family and everything. And then um, when I was 14. Nice. So that was the most recent time. I've always kind of wanted to go to Greece. Greece? Uh, and and I remember earlier when I said that New York was the only city that lived up to how I imagined it? Yeah. Even when I went to Greece. Now, granted, I feel like if I were to go back to Greece now... With yeah. an adult perspective, and just to, I, I will say this: I was standing on the roof of like we have family in Forney. That's like the island that we're from, which is mm-hmm. like way off. The, it's ten miles off the coast of Turkey, so it's closer to Turkey than Greece. We were staying in Athens with family, but my yaya got a, a hotel just for the rest of us because it was too many of us. We went with like ten people, and we were staying on the roof of the Atalos in Athens. And I remember, like, talking to my cousins about the Parthenon. And, like, I had read all these mythology books. And, like, I was, like, super into being Greek. My grandfather always instilled that into me. Like, I was, I'm half Greek and part Italian, but my, I was always raised Greek. And um, I remember I was, like, yapping about the fucking Acropolis and shit. And my cousin Jamie was like, you know, it's right behind you, right? And I turned around, and you could see it, like, on the hill. It was lit up. It was nighttime. And I wasn't expecting it hit me. And it was probably the first time in my life that I, like, welled up with, like, amazement. Oh, just cool. to like, just to like see, and I was fourteen at the time, but like to see that and be like, "Holy shit, that's fucking three thousand years old," and that's just like part of their city. Yeah, like there's not a city in America that can do that has that. Like there, you can just be there and be like, "Holy shit, people built that three thousand years ago." Yeah, that's because Native Americans were like, "Hey, don't touch fucking anything." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're getting. <laughs> you see that grass? That's the way it's gonna be. In a hundred thousand years from now, <laughs> they were like, "No, nah, man, we we live here f- during the summer, and then we move, and everybody takes care of this shit, and everyone lives off the land, and everything we use we use to the max." Yeah. yeah. Everyone else was like, "Nah, we're gonna be white." Yeah. 
I don't know, dude. But yeah, the arguments be made. Like when I when I was there, dude, it, it really is a fucking like it's it's amazing. I'm not knocking to think it, man. About, I think it's like, amazing. It's the just, things we that don't have were, it for a reason. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, the things that they were able to accomplish at that time period with the technology that they had. Just like even like looking at the pyramids in Egypt, I would imagine those are probably aliens, astounding. bro. Yeah, that's probably you're probably right about that. I don't know what it's that probably was. mostly yeah. aliens. I, I would love to know. Yeah. I've never been. That's something I would love to see. Yeah, I heard uh, there's just a lot of trash in Egypt. There's oh yeah, like, yeah. There's just like trash at the bottom of the pyramids and shit, and like. Yeah. It's probably very tor. I imagine a lot of their, uh, uh, commerce at this point is probably tourism for the pyramids. Mm-hmm. You think so? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Of course, bro. I don't know the if they have oil or something. <laughs> dude, I don't fucking know. I don't know if they have oil. You think it's like orange crops from the fucking the pyramids? <laughs> yes, it's, peaches, dude. I don't it's definitely know. tourism, <laughs> and I feel like that's what happens. At the fucking pyramids. Here's the thing that bugs me about uh, tourism economies is that their entire culture becomes immersed in like getting over on tourists. I noticed that when I was in Mexico, it's like every single fucking person you talk to is like trying to fuck you. That did annoy me a little bit. Well, where'd you go? Uh, a fucking touristy city. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like, I mean, that's the way if you go to, like, going to Hollywood Boulevard, but. D- that's sickler right now. <laughs> I should get it. Hello, Ryan. Let's take a break. Real I quick. know you I'm had. Pee real I, quick. I, yeah. I know you had two of those heaters. I just put you on speakerphone. You're on the podcast now. I'm on the podcast. I wanted to tell you real quick. I, I'm doing these shows up in Northern California. Hold on. You want me to take you? I'll take you off. I don't know what you're gonna say. Oh, I'll hold take on. Take a piss too. You 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 knock it out, dude. You knock it. We'll take both. Take a piss. Okay. Go ahead, Ryan. It's just me? me and you now. What podcast do you want? I'm live from the studio out here in fucking. What what town are we in? Same. Timonium. Baltimore. Studio for what, Magoobies? Who's, who's podcast? No, this guy, Jeff and Eric, they do this live from the studio. Towson? Towson. Our graduated play. You're right by Delaney Valley Road. Are we near Delaney Valley Road? Yeah, I know where you are. I know Lizzie We were debating, Rye, whether or not... You know what I discovered, and I had to tell this to you? We were like... Uh, they were like, so what do you think about people from Baltimore? Do you think it's the South? or what do you, and, and I go, well, Rye always says it's you know, below the Mason-Dixie. And, I, and, then they, and they said, yeah, no one from the South wants to save from the South, and no one from the North wants to save from the North. And I go... I said, Sickless Podcast is the honeydew about being cast away when literally Baltimore is cast 100%. away. Yeah. The Northerners call it the southernmost, uh, or excuse me, the, the northernmost southern city, and Southerners call it the uh, northernmost northern city. The southernmost. Southern <laughs> Why do you ever try and do this shit when you're smoking weed? <laughs> Just a little some ass. It's directions. <laughs> so I'm at this joint up in uh, Northern California. I'm doing shows this weekend. This was the first show of the weekend. And as I'm walking up to the stage, I go past the bar, and this old dude, older, I should say older, leans over, and he goes, from the Toluca Lake Times player. I started laughing <laughs> so hard. I said, dude, I stopped. I didn't even care that she was calling me up. 
I said, you're a real fucking feast. I said, let me tell you something. That's the best joke from the worst fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. He was so fucking nice. Offer me his home for me and Stella to come up and kick it and shit with him and his wife. That's classic, dude. It was so fucking nice. So Eric's good. boss listens to the podcast. Yeah, big fan. Oh, yeah? He's a big fan, he said. What's your boss do? Oh, we work in a video production. Are you? What do you do, Eric? Uh, I do like camera work. And Whoa, right? Who's and who's stuff, running this interview here, man? <laughs> I am. got to call in podcast hijackers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dude, this is the first new episode of the East Coast version of Crab Feet. This is it, man. First time. Um, yeah, they. I walked in and he had a kerosene heater going in here. I go, what the fuck is going on in here, dude? <laughs> I used to have two of those fucking things, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Baltimore thing. I didn't know that. But you got the right one. We used to have the the first one we had was like, I don't even know how to explain it. Almost like, imagine like a TV and the screen was the heater. So like the, there was a bat. And then the second one we got was the cylinder like you got. And that was the one we used to stand over and spit on him and, and like burn our, our fucking Star Wars figures on. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> like if my brother had a good Boba Fett and I was pissed off at him, Boba Fett was losing a fucking leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had a thing they're like this. Just, they're just the, all you're buying is a fire hazard. That's <laughs> all it is, dude. <laughs> and carbon monoxide, mainly. It's, it's crazy. Leaving children, leaving children alone to tend to it. <laughs> well, that was your white trash upbringing, not these Do guys. You have, um, yeah, it was. Do you have the little pump where you pump it out of the can? I used to, but I broke it. He broke it. So now I just go directly from the can and just. I just stand far enough above it so it fits in the hole when I pour it. So it's a very hazardous. I get a lot on the carpet too. I remember being poor. Where, where, where are you? Where is he from, by the way? Like what part of Baltimore? They asked me where you're from, right? I said all over the place. You want to list all the places? Start with, I started uh, in West Baltimore. Nice. Okay. I was born in St. Agnes, and then we lived right there, uh, right by Cardinal Gibbons and all that shit, right off. It's called Queensgate Road. It was it was West Baltimore by Wilkins Avenue. Okay. Okay. And okay. then from there, we moved out to Carroll County. Oh, shit. And that was, that was like four years later. And then my parents had my younger brother, and then we did a year in Houston, almost a year, not quite a year, but like nine months in Houston, boosting Houston, little Texas in our blood. Yeah, the Baltimore of the real South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then came back to Maryland. Um, again, like Eldersburg, Sykesville, that whole entire through school. And then after school was Arbutus at my grandmother's. After Arbutus, Arbutus was. Arbutus, oh my God. Dude. Yeah, it was Rosedale. <laughs> lived in Rosedale with my grandmother's Woo! sister. <laughs> yeah, the little and white trash fucking. <laughs> and then to California after Owings Mills. Damn, dude. All over, baby. <laughs> Damn. I had family in uh, Dundalk, Highland Town, Pasadena. You have family, all you feel like <laughs> just forty-nine like, cousins. Dude. Just like white all Marsh. the areas that people are like, yeah, where are the most white trash uh, areas? <laughs> Everywhere his cousins are from. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's great, dude. All right, Sickler, we're gonna get back to this. All right. Well, the owner of this uh, brewery is a huge Crab Feast fan, by the way, and wants to take a picture of me. And I told him we got to do it in front of the tanks. Okay. 
Well, where are you? In front of the tank. Parking right? lot smoking a joint. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll call you after. Post show. Post show. Post right? show, son. <laughs> Just looking at my axes and O's. Instead of paying to the Jimmies and Joes. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, I'll talk to you. See ya. Later. <laughs> yeah. Still there? Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Jay Larson's birthday on Sunday. Yeah. I'll talk to y'all later. Later. Wow, dude. Couldn't ask for something An better, exclusive, man. dude. You just got exclusive. exclusive. You're yeah. going to have to time code that and then let me know so that we'll put it out to the Crabfee say, hey, the first time we're back on a podcast together was this time. Hell yeah. Wow, dude. That would be beautiful. Yeah, actually. Um, See if we can get their Baltimore fix. Yeah, yeah, dude. Do you have any time you need to go by or? No, I mean, just until your listeners get bored. Okay, cool. Why, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> Eric's like, um, I just want to make sure before I <laughs> try sure to think before. of something to talk so. about. <laughs> just cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on Another kerosene <laughs> <laughs> Two kerosene heaters. What about three? <laughs> dude, this thing is just now fucking getting hot, dude. I think I'm going to turn it. Oh, my God. I, I get that, like, kerosene headache right now. Ugh. That's crazy. This is the first time I've ever seen one. Really? We never had a space heater. Basically, in my house growing up... Like a wood stove? No, those big radiators, you know, those steel radiators that, like, water... I guess hot water goes through them. But, like, they didn't work upstairs. So my brother and I had a room upstairs, and my mom had her room across the hall. I feel like the radiator may have worked in the bathroom upstairs, but there was that never worked in our room. You know what I mean? It was always just, like, we the rest of the house would be, like, super warm and cozy and stuff like that. We had a wood wood fireplace, not a wood burning stove, but we didn't okay. use that to heat the house or anything like that. But there was never a space heater up there, and there was yeah. no AC in that house, so like summers were hot as nuts. Well, this, yeah. I mean, this is a unique situation because this isn't actually like an actual place of residence. Yeah, like I don't know course. if you've noticed that we all piss outside. Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> you picked up on that. Yeah. So like, this isn't like I have lived here sometimes yeah. but like but not <laughs> if you like, had to if i had to i got some toothpaste over there like you know stuff if i need it but like yeah. it's not where i would ideally be you know? yeah for sure but uh yeah people who have it in their real house white trash dude <laughs> <laughs> i look down on those guys like dude yeah you don't have one of these at your apartment yeah you have <laughs> it in your detached garage that you rent from your friend's mom that's a different story. Respect she yell at you in Korean for using too much power with those electric space heaters? <laughs> Does yes. she? Does yeah, she? She's yeah. super Korean, dude. She, she came out one week. I, I, I came up. I was like, yo, I'm tired of getting into the studio and it's always cold. So I'm just going to plug in this space heater, an electric space heater, and just always have it on. Her power bill was like $500 that month. Well, I would imagine. You can't just leave on a space I didn't know either. they would cost that much, dude. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was like, I thought it was just like a fucking like TV or something. Yeah. No, it's like a trillion watts per hour. I wonder if you couldn't get like a little like plug timer that would go off on certain times. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably I, get that after the we get the one I lamps. have in my room now, because I, I live in a home that has like radiators. Yeah. And, um, but I live in the basement, so there's not one down there. But it's warm enough down there just you know, through insulation or whatever, and heat coming from other rooms. But I have a little space heater. It has a temperature gauge in it, so it shuts off when it gets too hot. Totally. It's that's very nice. That's, just, that's yeah. what we have in our kids' room. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't have that. My space heater just kept pumping, dude. Yeah, you bought, a, you bought an electric space heater that looked like a radiator. It yeah, was kind of sick. I actually <laughs> I have a space ones. heater that looks like a TV antenna, too. It's like a satellite. And it would just oh, project. Oh, yeah, those things are scary as fuck. The one that looks like a radiator is where you want to be. When mm-hmm. I lived in this little guest house in Venice in the wintertime, that's what I would crank on because it was, you know, there's no insulation in those houses. You're just like, especially a little guest house. I was in yeah. this dope little guest house. It was the best. Now that I think about it, dude, I'm not lived. even convinced that was a... Sp- like, when you touch it, it would go, and it would, like, zap a little bit. And I think it could have just been a really hot bug zapper. No. No. <laughs> you don't think so? No. It would have been too big for a bug zapper. It looked like a radiator. It might have been broken. <laughs> it not He's worked. talking about the one that looks like a, like a satellite dish. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know okay. what it thing. I didn't but trust that, was a that thing. I that thing looks scary to me. The sketch. Okay. This thing I trust, but, like, like I said before, like, the carbon monoxide emissions have got to be off the charts. Yeah, I can't imagine this is good. I mean, I don't even know where you would buy this. I think the the one good thing about it is I feel like it does get you, like, to, like, a weird... You know how, like, when the Native Americans would, like, sit in a teepee and, like, just hot box a teepee with, like, peyote? I feel like everyone does get, like, a little carbon monoxide high when they sit in here for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's that camel crush high, son. Yeah, that could be it, too. It's going to get those do-it-yourself crushes and just toss them in the fire. <laughs> it is crazy. It's got that little window in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's broken. But uh, all good. Um, Shit, dude. I mean, it's going to be hard to top that fucking Ryan Sickler uh, expo, dude. Yeah. Honestly. I was trying to think of something. It's tough. Think, yeah. There's only so much I can riff about a fucking heater. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. That's it, I'm bro. fucking putting it in, dude. You yeah, know? Yeah. Let's check it out. Um, so you're going to be at Magoobies the rest of this weekend. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but what else uh, What else you got coming up that you want to throw Just there? watch Corporate on Comedy Central okay. and, then and the uh, watch Crashing on HBO. And, uh, yeah, the Throughline podcast. Every You can get that. Uh, I post it on all my social media, Jay Larson Comedy, or go to Starburns. Uh, audio, and you can get it there on iTunes, wherever. The Throughline, T-H-R-U-L-I-N-E. And, uh, yeah, always something coming out, so just follow me on social. I'm always posting. Usually Instagram is my go-to, so. Okay. Solid. What you got, dude? Uh, I have to flip my calendar now, dude. I just remembered. Shit. Uh, it's February now. So, so I think, because we, like, we literally just did something yesterday. I think I the only thing I plugged was We're going to release this next week. New Orleans in uh in March, I think on St. Patrick's Day, I will be at Hags and Butts, some sort of comedy show down there. On St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. Bro. I know it's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be that's <laughs> yeah. gonna be real rough. Yeah. I didn't realize it was St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I'm going I'm just going down there on vacation with my girlfriend and uh we're trying to just like do shit while we're down cool. there. Cool. So yeah, that'll be fun. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, let's, like, sign up for a show or whatever. And then when I plugged it yesterday when we did the podcast, I was like, oh, this is on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Roll the dice. <laughs> cool. Um, guys, if you're listening to this right now, after Eric's killer plugs, uh, we, <laughs> we are uh, in uh, February, the week, first week of February, so I will be at the point in Towson uh, Friday night, 9 to 1, with the band. Uh Every Sunday night at the horse you came in on down in Fells Point. And for anybody wondering, yes, that means I will also be playing on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. I'll be at the horse in Fells. I can only imagine. That's going to be fucking sweet. That'll be awesome. And I'll be wearing green. 
That'll be great for you. It would be great for me, dude. Yeah. Hopefully I get some Irish chicks. Is that a thing? Maybe. You bang more Irish chicks on St. Paddy's Day? Hopefully. I remember the last time I ever did a show in an, in an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. And it was like crazy and loud. And I had been on stage for three minutes. And I'm like, all right, guys, I'm good. And I grabbed the booker. I'm like, I'm good, dude. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm like, uh, thanks for having me. And then like I left. <laughs> I imagine comedy is probably way more difficult to do, but I feel like music is like easy street on St. Oh, Paddy's yeah. Day. Just People fucking just play hit, yeah. fucking anything, dude. For sure. Like, yeah, just, yeah, figure totally. out some, uh, what's that shitty Irish band? Uh, Flogging Mollies. First of all, Flogging Mollies are pretty dope. No, not yeah. them. It's play the fucking else. intro theme from Boondock the Saints. My uncle listens to The Cranberries? Not the Cranberries. They're Irish, Irish though. I'm know. thinking more so of like, uh, ooh, yeah, no, it's kind of like Boondock Saini music, I guess. Yeah, you get back to me on that because I'll learn that I'll shit. I'll get back to you. We'll figure it out next week. Cool. Um, all right, LFTS podcast across the board. Uh, check us out. iTunes, Laughable, all that good stuff. Um, I think the Android app might be out for Laughable. Is it really? I'm going to double check on that. They said Q1 this year. so That's quarter one. I just learned soon. that. Two seconds ago. It's been promised for a couple years now, but I think it is actually coming out soon. Dope. They have CarPlay. Laughable. I'll look it up. I'll get it because I I have a droid. That'd be sick. All right. Dope. LFTS podcast and everything, guys. Till next week. Peace. This is the flag.